I've been watching a fair amount of film recently. This week I've watched Tiny Furniture, Francis Ha, and Hearts of Dinos. They're all quite different films. Very different budgets. They're kind of opposites in some ways. Um, Tiny Furniture was shot on the Canon 7D. Very low budget. And the writing kind of carries the story. So was Francis Ha. That was shot on a 5D Mark II. And Hearts of Darkness is a documentary about Apocalypse Now. Which is like one of the most expensive films ever really with just an infinite budget infinite amount of resources and they're kind of all like you know just contrasting in there it's kind of that's kind of how I watch films I don't really sit down and watch films that I like to enjoy like how people watch television it's mostly a, like an educational thing for me if I sit down and watch a film it's usually something I'm thinking about or some part of my like identity that I need to like delve into discover or like reach new conclusions about something I'll watch a film about it that's kind of how I used film that's my I'm kind of into that it's not really like popcorn shit for me and it? it's more like thought provoking shit but it's each their own teach their own but on the same like if I read a book it's like fucking non-fiction it's about art it's about design it's about just aesthetics architecture photography or it'll be a really dry white paper about the reflectivity of surfaces and the colours that fucking objects emit in the real world and how to reproduce them on cameras that's literally what I read last night I'm that boring um but yeah I'm talking about these films now Tiny Furniture was shot on um, the Canon 7D I think it was one of the first films to be shot on that feature length film and DSLRs have their obvious flaws when it comes to making motion pictures one of them being the jello effect which is by virtue of having a rolling shutter because it takes time to read the centre from top to bottom that the top pixels get read before the bottom pixels or vice versa and it takes I think 30 milliseconds on the Canon 7D to read from the top frame to the bottom frame so that's like it's kind of like it's like three frames or something so if you move the camera really quickly you'll see like a jello effect like the top of the screen will be three frames ahead and the bottom of the screen will be like three frames behind it you know what I mean so that kind of sucks another problem with DSLRs is that they exhibit aliasing and moiré which are like kind of like weird shimmery effects and like false color just kind of appearing in the scene where the ca- where the uh, the fucking sensors in the camera can't resolve the detail so that means you stay away from high frequency detail images things like shooting a fence with like a with like a really tight pattern on it or a striped shirt this is kind of the kind of stuff that they tell you not to you know newscasters are told not to wear like ties that are checkered and stuff like that because the cameras can't resolve that kind of detail well they couldn't back in the day especially it's less less important with things like 4k um 
so those are the, the two main flaws. Also, the codec's really shit on that camera. So if there's any fast motion, you start to see the macro blocking. And it's not really going to pick up a lot of detail in general. So if you feel a seam with a lot of detail movement, the camera's going to struggle to resolve it. So all of that combined, your best bet to put the camera on a tripod. Your best bet to not have any high frequency detail in the scene. So you, you want to make sure all your characters are not wearing striped shirts. You don't want carpets in the scene. And you want really clean, simple colors so that's easy to color grade because you're not going to be able to do a lot of color grading on that kind of camera. You're not going to be able to push the codec in really crazy ways. So you're going to have really nice, clean, simple grading. And that's exactly what it did on Tiny Furniture. It was shot in a house that's mostly white. The walls are white. So a lot of the compositions are sort of around blobs of color arranged in white spaces with like the door frames to like open up sort of like space and create sort of like separation between characters. Very clever stuff. But the camera never moves, really. There's really not a lot that goes on camera movement wise. It's very dated, it almost it's almost like um like Yashujiro Ozu films, Japanese director. But they essentially just plump the camera down and dress the scene. Almost like they're dressing a the stage. It's a bit like um still life or like something like that. Where you just kinda the characters coming in in and out of the frame. Almost. And you're just the observer, just sort of rigidly sat watching a, like a portion of a scene. You might be able to hear outside the frame, but you only see what's in the frame. Tiny furniture feels a bit like that to me, but it's got like obviously a lot more sort of new age twist to it. And the story's really good. It's really carried by Lena Dunham's writing. And it's just a great film. Fantastic film. It's done. It's just an example of what you could do on a really tight budget. They probably shot with like three lenses. And this is before the fucking the Kodak hack, before the RAW hack, everything, before even the Technicolor picture profiles on the camera. They just concentrated on working around the, the camera's flaws and recording really good solid audio, letting the story carry the the fucking film. And just just tightening everything up in post-production and the, within those limitations I think they just kind of they really delivered on what they came to do now the second film I watched was Francis Ha which I watched last night and that was shot on the Canon 5D Mark II and again we got similar issues aliasing Moiré Jello etc etc but they kind of they kind of fight the camera a little bit they push it a little bit into to its you know into its weaknesses a little bit they kind of almost use it as if it was a 35 millimeter motion picture camera film camera because they wanted to have that like i mean the films are black and white and it's like the, the writing style is very much like in the lineage of like annie hall and stuff like that it's like i think mean, they're all new york kids and the guys that like wrote the film and directed the film and styled and they're all just like yeah, budding creators from New York, people who did drama and acting and, and film and songwriting and where the fuck, and they just jumped on this film, Francis Hart. Yeah, it's good. It's all right. It's not a color film, black and white. 
they wanted to make the image look like silver. But again, I think I'm pretty sure they shot with the H.264 codec. They couldn't have shot raw on it at that time. But they just, they fought it a little bit. They fought the camera because I had to see the deficiencies in the image. But then they used its strengths as well, which is interesting to me. The big sensor of the 5D Mark II. It's not incredible in low light. I mean, the other cameras of its era have probably superior low light, like the Nikon D3 and D700, the 12 megapixel cameras. They, they really had good low light performance, especially the D3S. That was a fantastic low light performer, but the, the 5D Mark II was, you know, good, but not incredible. But compared to motion picture film, which are the films they were trying to emulate making it, especially because they made it black and white, it's a much better low light. So what happens in that film? They shoot in the dark all the time. They probably need like one light. I can probably tell that like, they got, you know, because it's, cause it's like, it's not even a color film. It doesn't even matter if they got tungsten bowls and stuff. They can just throw it up against the ceiling. Don't have to worry about white balance too much. They just throw the light up against the ceiling, bounce it back down onto the characters. They just shoot some scenes are shot in like pitch black. At probably like 6400 ISO. So they're really pushing the camera to its limit. It, that limit. And they were they're kind of starting to do things that you can't do at all with other cameras at that time. Now that, that to me is like problem solving. That's what I like to see. And then you have Apocalypse Now. Well, I watch Hearts of Darkness, which is the making of it. But they have, you know, an infinite budget. Nothing like the two films that I just mentioned. You know, they're shooting on 35mm film. With, you know, an infinite amount of ARRI lenses. A million tripods, this, that and the other. Cranes. They've got helicopters, napalm effects. They've got, like, eight of the best actors in the world at the time. It's just like, they just have everything at their disposal to make a great film. And they do. But it takes them 300 days. Four of them go virtually insane. One of them has a heart attack. And it's just like... That's not a chilled experience whatsoever. They tried to make one of the most ambitious films ever. Like, They made a film about Vietnam. During the fucking Vietnam War. But they shot it in the Philippines. And then in the Philippines there was a fucking conflict going on. So when they, they hired the, the helicopter pilots and the choppers from the Philippine government, the some, sometimes between takes, the choppers would just fucking fly off and go to, like, pre some rebels over the other side of the fucking mountains. It's like, all right, that's okay. So how do you control a production like that? Just the scale of it is just unreal. They're adapting from this book, Hearts of Darkness, right? As for the, the last scene in the film, Coppola just says, like, I, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to write this. But they have this all this luxury of time. Not really, because if Brando was only meant to be there for three weeks, if they went over his time, they'd have to pay him so much money to be there for longer. But they gave him up front one million. And Coppola had to fucking put his house estate to fucking pay for the film. It's like he took all his money from Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 and just fucking put it on this film. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Independent thing, yeah? Mad. But, like, that freedom that they have, they're just improvising scenes. 
take after take after take. They shot like something ridiculous, like 15 to 20 films worth of film. I think the editor, Walter Murch, is like, he obviously won loads of awards and shit for what he did in editing. And I think it was one of the first films with surround sound. They kind of created it during the process, well, during the edit process. It took them two and a half years to edit the film. They basically reinvented the wheel. But look at the workload compared to what we just, like, what I was just talking about with these DSLR films. Like, all of these films went to Hollywood. All these films were in, like, you can, you know, you can buy them in a shop and buy them on a Blu-ray and do this and do that. And it's like, do you really need all that shit to make a film? But it's almost like Coppola, at the end of the documentary, was saying, basically, we had all this stuff, but, like, it drove us insane. We had everything at our disposal. But, like, the dream really is that one day anybody's going to be able to make a film. Anybody's going to be able to grab a camera for real cheap, sit on a fucking tripod and become the next great artist. Now, it's, it's kind of a shame that cinema is so expensive because uh, it is one of the most communicative art forms. It's just so enjoyable, like, on its basic premise of, like, a fucking enormous screen and, like, loud sounds. It's obviously very difficult to make and it's a very meticulous process to make a film and to even learn how to write one, to act in one, to shoot one properly, to get the photography good. It's just a lot of work. To make innovations in film is even harder. But, like, the idea that the cost of filmmaking would come down to an extent where somebody could really just come in on an artistic level and just bang out classics for virtually no money. I like that idea. I do like that idea a lot. It's kind of why I got into fucking photography and film in the first place. Because I started seeing the prices of cameras just plumbing. I was like, you know what? Let me just let me just do my history. Let me do my education on this shit. Let me invest a little bit in myself. See what can come of it. Like, and I'm here now, just sort of with a lot of equipment and a lot of skills, and no films. But soon come, maybe I don't know. You gotta start spawning it. Probably start off making 15 seconds shit. 30 seconds, 2 minutes, 5 minutes, 15, 30, and then feature length. If I can do that, I don't know, maybe I'll make something good, maybe I won't. But if I tell myself I can't, I definitely won't make anything. And I don't really want that. I'm not here for that. I just love making stuff. So... I better find a way to fucking make something, man. Otherwise, I'll just get sick. Like, that's all I, that's all I care about. That's all I live for is, like, just making shit. Trying to make the coolest shit. Stuff that if I was, like, growing up, I would want to, like, you know, gravitate towards the fucking Back to the Futures and the Akiras and the Metal Gear Solids and the Evangelions and the 
Final Fantasies. It's that stuff. Like, I just want to make that over and over again. Pro Evolution Soccer. I basically spent my, my career in video games trying to recreate Pro Evolution Soccer. Like, it's the dream is just to inspire other people is that much for me. I just want to make that stuff. The stuff that makes people just go, ooh, I'm inspired. You've changed my life. This is great. That's all I want. Uh, maybe, maybe film and video is a way to do that. I don't know. Maybe it's close. Maybe it's like, whatever. Whatever I can get my hands on, really. Everything interests me. That's the problem. I have that personality type. I'm like, I'm open. I'm open to new ideas. I'm open to other stuff. And like, everything kind of interests me. So I'm like, I'm spread quite thinly. I have a fucking career. You know? But I have like, other careers in my mind but just I respect all of them I wouldn't really choose one about the other I just want to make stuff I just want to make loads of stuff all the stuff I want to direct all the stuff I want to edit all the stuff I want to color all the stuff I want to record the sound for all the stuff I want to design every game. I want to play in goal and I want to score the fucking goals as well. I want to defend the goal. I want to create the passes for the goals. I just want to do it all. Like, that's kind of what I've been doing in, with like filmmaking and photography. I've just been learning or learned the entire process. The creative process. Especially like manning the camera and understanding the materials. I like virtually got like a PhD in fucking motion picture film and lenses and digital sensors. But I haven't really made anything. I've just been educating myself. And I know a lot but knowing a lot doesn't shoot you a film. Uh, it's hard to do it all yourself though. I just don't see anybody else around me who's doing this exact thing that I'm thinking of doing. Like, even they're thinking about it, but I haven't seen them doing it. I don't know. Not exactly like what I do. I think a lot of people have aspirations to kind of do what I kind of want to do. But I'm not sure they want to do what I want to do. Like, they look like they want to make films. Maybe they want to just star in the films. They look like they want to make music videos, but I just don't think they want... They just Maybe they just want the money. I don't know. Like, you have to love it, man. Like, I love games. I loved games. I love games. That's kind of how I just, how I survived. Like, 
just love the shit. I care so much about how things are made. And maybe if I take that like same spirit, that same creative spirit, and apply it wherever I see fit, I could be successful. I think so. I've I've yet to be proved wrong. This kind of stuff bothers me because it's like, well, I don't have anything else to do. Like, I, I just, I'm just like waiting for what? I just need to make stuff every day, all the time, with all my time. Otherwise, I'm serious, man. I will get sick. Education is nice, but I've been learning my whole life. I don't want to learn anything else. I have conversations with people that are in industries that I'm not in, and I feel like I could do their job. I just don't, I don't feel like. Like I feel like I'm trying to become an expert. I really feel like that. I don't know what in. I don't know where. I just in so many different things. I'm trying to become an expert. I just see a lot of not expert behavior around me. Not like like not caring enough. I just that's like they don't love it. I don't love the shit. They don't love it top to bottom. Like I love the shit, bro. I just don't have any fucking time. Don't even watch TV now, because I've got no fucking time. I have time for anything. I'm like split. Got a fucking full-time job. I'm like part of this new like events company. I'm supposedly a fucking photographer and filmmaker or something. I'm supposed to be out all the time and enjoy myself. I like clothes. I'm a consumer. I like to make clothes too. I want to fucking design interiors. I want to build buildings. I want to make fragrances. I want to make hair products. I want to make like fucking watches and and cars and everything I just kind of want to make everything that's what I mean like I just I just can't stop everything is interesting to me everything I just I walk around fucking Sainsbury's and like look at the cereal boxes and look at all the, the typefaces they're using and think about what it communicates and why they're using certain colours and I don't even know what this is like I don't know I don't even know what I'm becoming I don't know is that like what art director is I don't know am I like a technical director I don't know I just know, I just have like a weird, intuitive, technical mind. 
and I just want to make stuff better all the time. But yeah, that's it. That's enough. I've done done just talking shit into my phone. Holding I'm basically holding my phone to my ear and talking to myself. And I'm I'm done for today. I think that's enough. This is episode two of Akeem Streams podcast. <laughs>